Welcome to Lost in Menstruation, a podcast for women who want to find a better way to hormonal health. I'm your host, Gemma Barry, an ex-nurse, period activist, comedian and herbalist. You might think that's a strange combination, but I wouldn't be where I am without those skills, let me tell you. Be ready for health tips and banter, no filter talking, belly laughs, and most importantly, finding your map so you aren't lost in menstruation. This is the stuff you wish you'd known years ago, but it's never too late. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Lost in Menstruation. Today, I am joined by photographer Carly Adby. Uh, I'm really excited to have her on the show. Um, She's been um, a photographer for quite some time now and has a really exciting project that she is working on. Hi Carly, how are you? Hello, yeah I'm really well thank you, you? Yes, very good thanks on this kind of wet soggy day. Um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's oh, a bit wow. miserable but there you go, there you go, we're always halfway through the week. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It is very true. So Carly, tell us a little bit about how you got into photography and like what's your sort of passion behind the camera? Oh, okay. Always oh, starting right at the beginning. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I don't think it was one of those things where, you know, I was three years old and I was picking up a, an old camera or anything like that. Um, I did, um, I've always been quite creative and I've always sketched. Yep. I did a uh, fashion design and illustration um, <clears throat> BA and then uh, took a year out for health reasons, really, actually, and then kind of decided that I needed a new way to express myself and the camera was it. I I did a BA, yeah, I did a BA in that. Um, And then that was a long time ago and then got a job doing something totally different and kind of one day had the opportunity to pick it up in a commercial sense and did. Yeah. Um, And like long story short, really, I suppose, is um, I've been a freelance commercial photographer for 11 years. Two of those years I had, you know, like a customer service job supporting it. I got made redundant and I thought, well, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I moved back in with my parents and (laughs) they helped support me with the first couple of years. And yeah, kind of took it from there. And I suppose as a photographer, you constantly try and shoot personal work. Um, And I did that and then I didn't do that for a very long time. Um, And yeah, eventually a couple of years ago started doing that again. Um, so yeah, um, that's very long story short, really. Nice. It's always interesting to see how people kind of arrive in a profession because very often it isn't a passion that they've had for a really long time. When I nursed, people used to say that about me. They'd be like, oh, you know, did you always want to be a nurse? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually. Yeah, I don't care. I know it's strange isn't it people do assume that kind of oh so do you I mean I do love photography don't get me wrong it is something that I found and I've gone okay this is a way of expressing myself and asking questions and making inquiries out about the world or creating change it's a a way that I can engage with people and because I really love people it's a way that I have found to engage with people Um, and I think that's just other people do other things that help them engage with people or earn money or depending what their driver is I suppose my money isn't uh, my drive, sorry, isn't financial. It's to to, to engage with people and learn. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was kind of 
at the time, the way that I chose to do it rather than the, the fashion route, yeah. I suppose. It's it, all good experience though, isn't it? And I think sometimes the scenic route to um, like a place, a destination or, you know, a job or whatever is usually the better path because you pick up so much more experience along the way and, you know, mm. you meet different people and arrive at different places that you, you know, might not have thought necessarily was where you were going to be. Um, I know for a fact that I didn't think I'd be doing this when I set out <laughs> yeah. my nursing training. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's funny, isn't it? How you think, well, wow, like, how did I end up there? And I didn't anticipate that. And it's like I never intended to be a freelancer. Yeah. Um, I, I, because also that's not what you're taught, is it? Or I was, that actually might be more what you're taught now. And I also think it depends where you go to school. Um, but yeah you were taught you know I saw the career coach like everyone else I filled in a questionnaire and then some um you know old lady in a bad dress tells you three work options for you <laughs> and um you're like oh okay so I've got to be this this or this excellent and you think that that's yeah. you know that's the way you go into employment so yeah, yeah. and crikey I mean the the arts and creativity side of things is really taking a hit right now um yeah so I mean, it does make me laugh, the kind of, the idea of going into something technical because you wouldn't want me to run the world with IT because I've got such special powers around it. I can just make it break by looking at it. <laughs> oh, are you talking about those new dreadful adverts? Yeah. Where it's like the government are like, oh, are you creative? Are you arty? Oh, bugger it. Why not run an IT company or learn to become an engineer? Like, what? Yeah. Like, you don't just get rid of an entire section of the economy that's been that is thriving and gives people so much joy and financial gain because you think about all the things that come from the creative industries i know it's just madness isn't it oh do science um uh okay like do you know what i was like at science <laughs> i know i think i made my dad cry trying to um trying to explain trigonometry to me my dad's like an engineer super mathematical like amazing wow. ask him anything in like bang he knows the answer and yeah there's him trying to explain to a very artsy crafty creative soul how to do something logical <laughs> it would be like i i don't know and i don't care <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think it's that more isn't it like don't really care actually but thanks <laughs> I want to know the story behind it. What's the drama? Give me the drama. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah that's Carly, what has, uh, I'm really excited to chat to you about Dear Wound oh. um, because I think it's such an amazing project. And oh, thank you. It's really close to my heart as well uh, in terms of um, like, well, we've, we've talked a lot about, uh, not having kids and mm. that decision to have kids my, I have um, chosen not to by design and uh, for a long time felt really weird about that uh, and this kind of explores what we do with our wombs and yeah. how we feel about them and stuff so would you tell our listeners a bit more about it yeah well firstly thank you I've had some lovely positive responses um and yeah and so that's so thank you very much for that um well it does it stems from that and I suppose I've you know I started an MA basically um in order to try uh, an MA in photography sorry um yeah. to try and reignite my uh 
passion and motivation and actual doing of personal work. And I suppose you automatically start looking inward, don't you? And start looking at the things that interest you. And I've always been very interested in um, the representation of gender, um, gender performance. Um, and that's kind of obviously really relevant now as well. But I suppose because of my age, so I'm 37, I'm 38 in um, a few weeks actually. And um, got married two years ago. <clears throat> I started looking at, you know, my own relationship with my husband and how that was that changed since we got married and kind of the expectations that came from that. Um, and so I kind of started this wider project of womanhood, motherhood and how the expectation of motherhood was. I mean, it's inherently part of our upbringing and our history, isn't it? So it's very different, like it's impossible to avoid. Um, and stemming from that, I've always heard, I was confused about how I felt, it sounds very strange, but I was confused about how I felt about my own womb. Essentially, I kind of saw it as this very physical being or this other person inside me. Um, it was like this other person and I really didn't like her. Yeah, and I don't know if I, I don't know how I feel now, actually. This is probably going to be a bit of therapy now. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always felt a bit, um, yeah, indifferent. And because I've always grown up, I mean, I remember being on my bike at 16, doing my paper round and talking to a best friend and saying, oh no, I'm not going to have kids or a husband. I'm going to have a white kitchen and, and a new cardigan. Um, so <laughs> I've always... I've never ever just grown up and thought about automatically having children. Yep. So I suppose what starts happening is you start processing that when you see all of that happen around you and you suddenly realise that the expectation is on you. So this womb, my womb became, I, I really had a love-hate relationship with it. Mainly hate, to be quite honest. Um, and I think I was unsure what to do with that. And that's, I realised that I started playing into just lots of the other questions I had. And I just thought, I wonder, I started just asking friends, like, how do you, this is such a weird question, but how do you feel about your womb? And to be honest, 99% of people would turn around to me and say, what? <laughs> like, Doesn't surprise me, Carly. <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what kind of a question is that? Yeah. Like, I've never even thought about it before. And, and I think I've realised through this process, as, as I've been speaking to other people, that there are, that it is not, I don't want to use the word normal, but I think about my womb a lot more than a lot of other people. And I don't, I don't think that, I've, part of me feels like that's wrong. I don't know. I think that's just, again, I, um, a pressure thing. Um, or because of my yeah, current decisions about motherhood and stuff. Um, but yes, and I just decided to start asking people. So I said, you know, I said to people, if you had to write a letter to your womb, what, what would it say? And I asked a friend who had decided that that was going to be her, her last baby uh -huh. for various different reasons. And she said, oh, you know what? I'd, um, I'd say I'm really sorry that we're not going to do more together. And actually, I'll really miss the fact that it'll be a, a home for my children. And I'm really grateful towards my womb. And, and that, like, actually, I'm really sad to not use it anymore. And I thought, wow, they are like the most foreign feelings to me whatsoever. Isn't that interesting? And so just kind of decided to tr start trying and asking even more people. Nice. It really, do you know, what is surprising and unsurprising to me I think is 
we don't we don't think about our wombs at all in fact that whole sort of part of our body um until i think motherhood or the, the decision either or to or not whatever occurs because mm. we're not given any kind of information or education about what the like our whole reproductive organs do uh, outside of reproducting <laughs> or reproducing yeah. say. and it's really infuriating because it's so much there's so much it does and it's not until you know we think about having kids or not that it really comes into focus so it yeah. doesn't surprise me that people would be like what what a strange question yeah when actually um that we we should have a closer i mean i don't like mm. it either but it would be better to have a closer relationship because it, that would indicate that you have a better understanding about what's going on in there and that's a better understanding of your own health and that is a smaller knowledge gap and i mean everything yeah. like everything well, that, an understanding of yourself and yeah. your like because when you're a teenager all you understand is um that you have periods um that you know for the most part they're just horrid they're like a pain you know you have to deal with all of that that's going on and you get that that your education about those periods and anything to do with your womb really as part of your sex education so i also find that really interesting yeah. that they will not teach a woman or a man about their own bodies yeah. outside of a sex spectrum as in like physical relation spectrum so you are automatically like i mean i know that females are tied to their biological you know there's nothing we can do about the, our biological makeup and the fact that unless obviously you aren't or there, if something has happened you're born with a, a, a womb that functions and or, or doesn't whatever you're born with a womb um but that it's not it's only related from a very young age you're only taught to relate to it from a sex point of view which equals reproduction yeah ultimately so uh, yeah which is again why there's this whole like pressure on women to to have babies because you learn about your own body and the only you're very early learning about your periods which is pretty minimal mm. is in relation to a man yeah i found i had a client years ago um she asked me she's like oh do you have children and i said no and she's like oh why and i said because i don't want them and she looked at me for a minute and was like, wow, I didn't even think that was an option. <laughs> yeah. I thought, my God, that's it. There's no, I mean, it was never ever presented to me that you may or may not have kids. Like basically your uterus was to have a baby in it and that was it. Like there was yeah. no, it was all about having kids and that was that. It was never, you may decide not to or, um, you know you might not be able to yeah exactly yeah exactly i think presented that way yeah and it is isn't it and actually i think that's what's been so interesting throughout this journey really is because people have been so sincere and so honest with their replies and obviously you know part of me feels that i actually don't know whether i'm capable of having children or not 
Yeah. So I think as well, um, I was reading uh, a paper actually, um, and it talks about the motherhood mandate, but it also talks about um, gen it talks about gender ident identity, but it talks about gender entitlement and how uh, you know a man's gender will entitle him to certain things and a woman's will hers. Um, but they were talking about the womb in association with that and how actually a lot of people assume that they are able to have children. Yeah. Um, and that that's just something that, that we, we do. Um, and it's kind of been, you know, so I don't know whether I can have children or not. And so it's been really interesting speaking to women who perhaps can't have children mm -hmm. or have had lots of struggle and then have have because they relate to their women a very different way to me because obviously they've had hardships but also with it and a love-hate relationship but they've either come to a place of peace or they've had come to have a baby so therefore are in this huge loving place for it um, and you're right again the sex education thing everything that we know we're never actually taught like by the way you might not be able to have children like that might not be an option like number one it's a choice like you can mentally decide to not have a baby but yeah. also to there might be a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on which which means you can't have a baby like yeah. so yeah it is um people assume that you you can't have children i think if you're a woman of a certain age or a couple of a certain age um and you haven't i think that is an assumption that that is made so people have apart from my immediate family have sort of stopped asking now yeah whether we're going to have children because they're like oh well you're 38 this year and there doesn't seem to be any children around so Oh, and then people obviously get nervous about that. And that's another thing, isn't it? Um, I, I don't know because I haven't suffered the loss of a baby. I haven't suffered infertility or any of that. So I don't know. But I think there's also a big kind of almost, oh, again, the word taboo, I don't like it. But there's almost this kind of secrecy about when your womb doesn't work the way it should or we're told it should. Yeah. And that makes it. So therefore, we only know one way that we're only ever taught one way that it works, and that's periods and babies. So when anything different happens, it genuinely, as a woman, throws you into utter. You're like, oh, well, like who do I even go and see about this actually? Because the doctors aren't interested, or well, like is this a problem or is this not? I don't really know. Like because it definitely doesn't work by these set of rules. So is everything else a problem? I think also it's really easy to assume that it's all our problem too. Like uh, it's always assumed that it's the woman, if she can't have a child, it is her fault. Yes, yes. It really isn't um, because it takes two lots of gunk to make a child. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> such a lovely phrase. I know. And then, yeah, it always gets, well, not always, but a lot of the time it, it is assumed, people will be assuming that it's to do with um, uteruses, why mm. might not be, uh, you know, on the horizon or whatever else. Um, and yeah, and I also think that it's, it's highly assumed that as a woman, you just must want kids. And if you don't, there's something very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, my ovaries just go pop at puppies. It's fine. 
or they go things like like people say to me like all the time oh oh you're so good with kids and I'm like I love kids <laughs> I just don't know really whether I want them 100% of the time in my house yeah messing with my shit like I you know like I'm fine I don't need I, I'm I'm happy with where I'm at um and yeah, and I think it is interesting. You're right, people do assume it's the woman. And also people also assume that if a, well, for the most part, actually, I think, um, or in my experience, oh, you're not having kids. So it's kind of okay that a man doesn't want kids, but it's not kind of okay that a woman does. Which is why I, I suppose the Dear Womb Project is also so interesting because um, I thought about opening it up to men and going, okay, well, what would you write to a partner's womb or something like that? But I think that it starts to skew, you know, men are always in on everything, aren't they? And I think actually I wanted this to really be a quiet, reflective time when someone could really think about it yep. Yep. Um, and really kind of connect. And, ha you know, I had a lot of responses where people were like, by the way, I've sent in this, but I didn't, you know, this is amazing. I don't think I think like this. I don't think I think like this. Or this has happened to me or that has happened to me. And so I think, and isn't it strange that a stranger asking you that question is the first time that something like your own fertility, that you have your own pressure, you, you feel as a woman um, or is brought into, into discussion. I mean, you think about all of the threads that we've gone off already and the million others that we could have. And that's just because I asked someone to write a letter to their womb. Yeah, I think it's such an amazing project. Um, you're right, we don't get chance to stop and reflect on a really important part of our body that works relentlessly forever. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, that's right. Um, like it's, she's a workhorse in there. Like you've got yeah. to give her some credit. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, regardless of having the baby's part, like it's mm. something all the time. And, uh, and also we've got this narrative that periods are meant to be awful you know hormonal changes and fluctuations and you know starting our periods motherhood and all of that gubbins and the, the per perimenopause and the menopause they're all sort of tarnished with oh it's going to be a nightmare you know yeah. what happens is going to be a nightmare you're going to have a tough time of it it's going to affect you in a negative way and for a lot of women sure I think it's fair to say that 100% of us have probably had some brush with, uh, you know, some feral hormones along the way uh, at some certain time in our lives. But for some, they don't, you know, for some women mm. breeze through it and others have a really tough time. And I mean, that's why like I was saying to you beforehand, like setting up my Facebook group, Red, is about mm. you know, redefining, educating and discovering actually why it's there, what it's for and how we can change the narrative of not looking at it as an absolute pain in the vag, but actually... <laughs> Quite literally sometimes, but yes. Um, so looking at it as something that we've got control of and actually is a very important part of our lives and our health. You know, yeah. it's a diagnostic tool, it's, it's a a way of knowing and understanding about your overall health and it's also a real beautiful way to journal and kind of sit 
with your emotions about that kind of stuff as well and it's your hub of creativity the biggest one being life itself and everything else stems from that place because just of the ebb and flow of our cycle and you know how you want to tear heads off one week and make love the next <laughs> you know? yeah yeah it, well it's all hormones isn't it and, and yeah. that's yeah and it's not given the same sort of attention as you know there might be lots of research around the brain and there'll be podcasts and um yeah and, and yeah I think you're right it's kind of it's it's the project has helped me to open up and also appreciate um appreciate other women's experiences more than perhaps I did before because I started to see a lot of love and affection and thought to myself, okay, so I don't, I have a bad relationship with my womb because I feel the obligation of motherhood and I blame this physical entity within me for that obligation when actually the obligation is nothing but from is nothing but taught and is from society's pressures um and you know from years and years of misogyny and and and, you know all of that sort of thing um but yeah it's been really interesting to to hear the other responses and the you know some people like some people like thanking god for for such a beautiful gift or um or saying, I'm really sorry that you went through that as, as well. Um, and so I think it kind of, it made me feel some love for that part of your body, which you're right, previously has only ever had a really negative narrative because you only really hear about it when your best mate's in the toilet being sick from period pain or you know someone, um, you know, I used to know a girl at school who suffered horrendous, horrendous periods. Um, uh, I knew a girl who had polycystic ovaries. I knew some. I knew someone who had. Um, uh, I, I, in fact, I don't even know. She. It was like she had two sets of ovaries or two wounds or something. It was. It was a. You know, and you kind of think, my goodness, and so that's only. That's is the only stuff that's talked about. So, and you grow up as a teenager, which is when you are so closely connected to it, um, and your whole expression of gender. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's just, it's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's like one in four women who've got endo, so we all know someone who's got it, regardless of whether they know. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I was just having this discussion at the weekend with a friend. I was like, so what what were your symptoms? And they were like, no, nothing. And I was just like, oh, but there's this and there's this. And actually, you, you're saying about that. And in terms of earlier on, we were discussing um, kind of like a woman, like people still use that bloody term, women's problems. Yeah. And in terms of like a lack of education, like it, it, in my own personal experience, it's probably way too much information now, but in my own personal experience, yeah, I've been to the doctors a few times going, definitely not something right down there. Like, well, have you got this symptom, this symptom, or this symptom? If I basically don't tick every single box, they're just not interested. And I've had to fight tooth and nail to have another blood scan, uh, have another blood test to see if I can just get a scan. Do you know when you're like, surely this can't be right? Well, sometimes it's just like that, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't know, is it whatever? 
like is it but and and actually i know and this is so dreadful because the first question i got asked when i went into the dp surgery and said i'm experiencing these blah blah blah, blah was are you trying to conceive yeah and firstly like why is that important you know like actually this is just my health but i went no and and he said okay well you know shirt to office him well what are you really here for then yeah like unless i wanted a baby why would i care if there was something wrong with my womb my uterus or just a part of my body it was very very strange it's because that because the uterus is it is seen as the gold standard to have children in my personal opinion that if you don't want to use it that way then it's basically functionless um, yeah i've had the same you know when i had my surgery for my sis they were just like we'll just chop the ovary off you're not having kids you don't need it like if i didn't need it i wouldn't have had two in the first place so <laughs> <laughs> well and also it's just so dismissive isn't it and it is it is it is inherent it is it is part of our history it's part of religion it's part of just just everything you know the, the way the roman arch you look at all, all god jesus mary um everything so you look at the the history of uh of medicine and women's medicine and how women were treated when they were insane or or when they had womb problems or whatever like you know the 1950s wasn't very long ago and you know you speak to a lot of women from there and they're like well no that's just what you did you just got married and had a baby like and so it's only really very 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 recently that that message or that kind of possible discussion has even come about yeah. as has well, you know, you, could, you don't have to be defined by that. Your gender identity or your gender performance or how you feel about yourself does not have to... You know, some people relate very closely to their gender, which ultimately might re relate to their womb. But I have been working with a trans couple, actually, and I was speaking to um, the female, uh, the, the girl, and, and she was saying, I don't even think about whether I'm a girl or a boy. And I was like, wow, I really think about it. And that's probably an age thing because she was 20 years younger than me. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, you're always told that motherhood is this amazing, like, you know, it's enduring and it's, um, it's hard, but it's amazing. And, oh, you forget all of it when the baby comes and all of this and, and that is the only narrative you fed you're fed when there is a large community of women when you start doing your research who regret having children or who feel like they can't talk about the problems they had trying to have children yeah um yeah yeah it's 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 i don't know it's a discussion it's just an, it was just another way to have a discussion with other people i think and um it's a way uh you know it's a way to ask the question yeah. um, and ask for personal reflection and insight that that i think i was unsure how else to ask purely because i was asking the question myself yeah yeah it was always a good place to start so mm. how, can, um, how can people get involved carly Thank you. Yes. Well, I have a um, either I can do it all via email or phone. People have chosen to do that, believe it or not. Um, so obviously I can share my contact details and everything. Um, 
in, or you can go to my website, which is carlyadby.co.uk. Um, also, my link is in the bio in my Instagram. It's basically called Dear Womb, and you can answer questions about that. Um, and I do have a uh, survey link, um, which sounds all very formal and very weird and corporate, um, but it's because I wanted people the option to, to be able to reply anonymously. Which um, I've done, and it isn't. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank, and yeah. Thank you for responding um, and sharing already. Um, and yeah, so I've had probably a handful of anonymous links. Which is great. All of your details will be popped in the show notes. So Oh, perfect. There you go. Go there. And yeah, yeah I'm halfway through publishing like an online zine of the responses I've got so far. Nice. Um, yeah, you'd think my software abilities would be better, but <laughs> there you go. It is happening. I know that that is okay. <laughs> yeah, it is happening. It's just taking longer than I expected, but it is happening um, because it's something that I think would make a really, really beautiful, actually, like journal style book. That would be my anticipations for it to have a text based version. And then possibly I've begun asking women if they would be prepared to have their portraits taken uh, for this. And some are game and some are not. So that would be to, the option to have kind of two versions of this. And then um, basically I want to send it out to everyone that answered as a thank you. So amazing. Mm. Amazing. Now I ask all my guests this question as a wrap up, but do you have any funny or slightly embarrassing stories about periods and hormones that you're willing to share with our, um, I was going to say viewers then listeners. <laughs> oh, uh <laughs> no it's I, I i don't know i probably do but not that I, because they've come from my teenagers that's all right um <laughs> oh i don't know uh probably only the same as everyone else you know like the obligatory um you know it always happened to someone didn't it um you stood up in the middle of class and some boy points out that you've got blood on the back of your skirt yeah, um yeah. i think only that that I can think of, I mean, and this is it, isn't it? I'm assuming my period journey is the same as everyone else's when it probably isn't. Yeah. Um, but no, nothing funny, sadly. Um, well, I, it's, it's, some people can find amusement out, things like that, and some people can't. But the reason I ask the question is to just normalise the that everyone has something in their closet around their periods. Yeah, I suppose actually the only thing that I can think of which is related is being in a department store in London before uh, once a few years ago and getting a Vicks inhaler out of my handbag in order to shove up my nose bearing in mind I'm at the till at this stage paying and it was the, the, the gentleman behind is like <clears throat> and it obviously wasn't a Vicks inhaler it was a, a tampon so <laughs> and what was even worse it was one that had come out of the packet so it was weird he was probably like oh my god what is she doing filthy cow um but yeah and so that was a little kind of I mean I laughed use it because that would have really sealed the deal for me if you'd have got your tampon out and then be like <laughs> <laughs> um, I laughed he did so much <laughs> see and this is like I've always been writing some stuff about this actually for a gig and um it's yeah the, we need to do more of that like mm. because it's so normal I mean I know I've shared this story a millions of times where I've handed tampons to doctors thinking they're pens I mean I never kept my pen in my pocket it would always be in my hair when I was nursing and 
someone would be like, do you have a pen? And I'd rummage around in my pocket and, and hand them a tampon. And I would laugh and they'd look horrified. <laughs> I mean, it's not used. That would be worse. It's like in a plastic wrapper, and actually, in this instance, where mine would come out of the plastic wrapper, like it's still not used. It's just plastic and cotton wool. Like, what's the problem? Actually, someone at the weekend that I was with didn't have a tissue for their kid, and the only thing they could find was a panty liner. They were like, "Nah, wipe his nose on that." And I was like, "Yeah, awesome." And then I told my husband, and they were like, "Ooh," and I was like, "But it was clean. Like, come on." But they, this is why I cannot use the word sanitary products because <laughs> but it really annoys me. I feel like sanitary products are making it sound like they're dirty. Like they're, it's, it's, there's something dirty about the whole thing. And it's there industrial, isn't, isn't it? Sanitary yeah. products. Yeah. Like, there is nothing. If you've got a nosebleed, a tampon is the best thing you can do. To put up. <laughs> like it, it's, yeah. it's, it's made for it. Uh, and you really... Uh, yeah, definitely needs to um, waft them around a lot more. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this will be my challenge for the years out in Corona times. We're not in lockdown. Just waft a few tampons around and bring some joy. Done. It's a deal. I'm going to do it. Oh my God. I think that now, see, we would never have heard that story if I had not asked that question. And that. <laughs> I know, yeah. Or now be imagining me in department stores wafting tampons around <laughs> or just random places in town. Just inhaling them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me. That's priceless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carly, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. You. And um, yeah, please do go over and have a look at the Dear Womb project and uh, sign up, write your letter and uh, get involved because it really is something wonderful. Um, and yeah, exactly that. You can have your portrait taken if you like and not if you don't. Uh, I'm all over it like a coat. Absolutely. <laughs> and I wait until we can we can meet up and do that. Yes, I know. Um, but yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you, my love, and all the best Thank with you. your Dear Wound project. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved it, feel free to leave a comment and give us a follow. You can find more information on my website, thewellwomanproject.com, or come find me on the grid on Insta or on my Facebook page. You can also drop me an email, gemma at thewellwomanproject.com. Any information we've shared today will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Big love, Gem. <laughs>